When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Well, hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, starring the one, the only, Ramon Foster in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. Steelers season ends on Sunday with a 28-14 to victory. Yeah. How yeah. odd. How I odd. know. A season uh, ending and a victory. It is, man. Uh, also above 500. Ending in lots of victories, actually, as long as we're at it. And you know, lots of victories. A lot of victories. And and what's interesting is all of it means just a pat on the back, I think, right? I mean, it's for something. I'll I'll tell you what, though, Moan. I'm all for a pat on the back. Are you? Why am you know what? And and simply because you were you were pegged as the guy who's always negative, this is a shocker. You know, we had somebody. No, there's no shock. <laughs> listen, listen. This is okay. They started out two and six. Okay. Okay. Everybody knows that. They got thrashed by the Eagles to be two and six. Yes. Uh, out there in Philadelphia, 35 to 13. All hope was lost. Uh, Ramon Foster on his show, I swear, I, I it's like I was there or something was talking about high draft picks, wanted to talk about uh did he did he bring that up at some point? I did bring that okay, up. Okay, yeah. So I like, did. Oh, let's I get own into that. top five, top ten picks, whatever else. Okay. So here's what ended up happening. The Steelers won their last four games, okay, including two of them on the road. Um one against a playoff team in the in the Ravens. Uh, they won six out of their last seven games. Wow. Okay, they went six and one down the stretch. I am here for the pat on the back. Yeah. Uh, collectively and in a lot of cases individually because you've been there, Moan. You were two uh-huh. and six, and you ended up eight and eight. So don't act removed from this. No. Uh, well, it, it was the same head coach, even a couple of the same guys. And how how do you keep that focus, that equilibrium, to just keep going? Man, you you focus in on on honestly what we spoke about this a little bit before we got on. You focus on that pride aspect of it, the the idea of being a player, the idea of always competing. Uh, we looked at a team today losing the number one overall uh, draft pick in the Houston Texans with a win. And that's because the guys that are inside of that huddle want to compete. They want to win. They understand, look, win, lose, a draw, this roster is going to be totally different anyway. But inside the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room, those players, to be two and six, 
at that time, I do remember saying, though, DK, we've been here before. You even brought it up also to say, look, this isn't anything well, that we had gone through. put it in my face in Philadelphia. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> I, go, I, I asked. I just said, you know, this is these are uncharted waters for you, Mike. And he cuts me off and says, I've been there before. <laughs> he, he has. And you know what's crazy? There was a lot of moments that actually happened, too, that this wasn't supposed to be the case. Franco's night. You know, like winning that one uh, this weekend right here where you actually had everything lined up for you except for the Miami Dolphins deciding that they wanted to actually just kick another field goal um, and just transition of a rookie quarterback. A trash call. Sorry, oh, I no. had to jump in. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. We can do it on another segment. It's just, <laughs> it it, it is. It. It's because it, it's not like it's not like Flacco or the Jets were ever going to score another no. field goal. Never, ever, ever, ever. They were not going to kick another field goal. No, but but at least we're not them, right? At least right. we're not uh, the Texans when you look at what your team is. We've said time and time again, and one of our mantras is, of course, win the AFC North. That's always it. The, uh, the Super Bowl at the end of the day is always the end goal of it all. But this is also the other portion of it. Everybody inside the locker room understands this. All you want is to be able to punch your, to punch your ticket into the show. And that was that was one of the the highest points of of my career coming in too because 2009 when I became a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers the year before that team was the number six seed that had all that had won every game up until the Super Bowl they won the Super Bowl that year being the six seed you remember that mm-hmm. so that actually that actually resonates throughout that facility at all times why again as Coach Tomlin told you in Philly I've been here before. That's the reason it's always just be able to punch your ticket to the show and everything becomes even then. Now, I know this team is a long way from competing against the Buffalo Bills, which is who you would have saw. But in general, a lot of things happen this year, DK, that a lot of other franchises can't say that. Number one being, I think you have your franchise quarterback. Yeah, I mean that's you. You have to start with the offense. I, I actually, ironically, considering who I'm talking to, would start with the offensive line. Uh, and and not only did I tell them that after the game that yeah. I thought they came along further than anybody else, I said the same thing to Kenny in a in a in a brief chat. Kenny Pickett uh, that that he and I had afterward just said that there's. I said with all due respect, Kenny nobody came further than the guys in front of you. And he said, you're damn right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. From Um, where they were in weeks one, two, three, and four. Are you kidding? And and I think it's this to watching, especially this uh, Browns game. They actually started the game off with runs, you know, getting a good down and distances against that defense. And I think highly of it. I do. Uh, But they were able to move the line of scrimmage. And in the last five, six weeks, even in one of the losses, they continually moved the line of scrimmage. You remember early in the season, we were just upset, like really confused as to why they couldn't move the ball. We were upset that they were even trying at one (laughs) point because it looked like such a waste of time. (laughs) Yes, man. But it, it, it really showed a lot of growth. And, if given opportunity, I don't know what this group is going to look like, but it does seem like it could lend itself to be one of the better old lines with growth, with understanding, with a bunch of hard work this offseason. But, DK, we we are officially there, man. There is going to be some turnover. There is going to be some changes. Oh, yeah. 
there's going to be some, hey, where can we get better? And I do feel like it may be in that offensive line room in some capacity. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. I'm going to leave you in this segment with this quote from Mike Tomlin today. Someone asked him uh, <coughs> afterwards, excuse me, someone asked him, uh, you mentioned being a team on the rise going into the playoffs if you'd gotten into the playoffs. Do you think this team was on that arc had you qualified today? His response, he never deals in hypotheticals. Never. Okay, so the fact that he even answered it was nuts. But the answer was this. I think our record indicates that because that's all that matters. The style component of play is less significant. You step into stadiums, you win games, you step out of stadiums. So to answer your question... Yes, we were a team on the rise. Wow. That's huge. When we come back, more on the 9 and 8 Steelers. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. Team on the rise is what Tomlin says. Now, you know this, and I'm sharing this with the audience. When Tomlin talks about a team for that season, yeah. he doesn't overlap them. So when he says we were a team on the rise, don't extrapolate that to mean he means we're coming flying high in 2023 or 2024. That's not his. He meant exactly what he said. We were a team on the rise heading into the playoffs. Moan, I'll ask you this. How happy do you think the Buffalo Bills are? Man, well, <laughs> the second I mean, time get, around. They get the Steelers or the Dolphins. Man, no. 100%. Coach T saying that, though, man, is uh, that that he he never really plays that game to your point, man. Um, but, but it also lends itself to a whole different conversation when it comes down to, okay, what's, what's the reality of what you said, Coach Tomlin? Like a team on a rise is one thing, but this in the playoffs, you really get the best of the best at all times when it comes to who you plan, what the game plan is, how strategic can you actually be. And I, although I will say, yeah, there is a level of, hey, they rose up in some, you know, some bad situations. This team, I don't think, is ready to compete deep into the playoffs when it comes down to being a team on a rise. I not can be real one. about that. No, not this one. No, not, not this one. Will I say Kenny got better? Yes. George Pickens going to be a problem for a corner or two? Yes. Deontay can make a play or two? Yes. The run game can be solid enough? Yes. But to say, can we go down the field the way the Buffalo Bills do? No. Can we go down the field like Cincinnati? No. Until that gets figured out and there's a position in which we can say, look, walking into any stadium, our entire playbook is wide open. You're not there yet. Team on the rise defensively? Hell yes. Right, DK? I can say that. They they, bend, they got the job done in the second half. They really did. They, they did, really uh, did. Uh, uh, against the Browns team that has Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Like seriously, that was really good. The well, biggest, they, yeah, their biggest running threat was Deshaun. 
Yeah, and that's why I was going. The biggest run threat was Deshaun Watson. And also, that was a welcome to the AFC North moment for him if he's ever had one, too. One thing you will learn about Coach Tomlin and his defense, and Coach T.A., Terrell Austin, I will not neglect him, but uh, with Terrell Austin and his Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin defense, you have to say this. New guy, you will get welcomed. You will have days that you feel like, why are we even playing these guys two days? Uh, I mean, two, yeah, two days a year when it comes down to the regular season. He went two touchdowns, yeah, but he also had two interceptions against a defense that's not that great. Would you say that too? They're good, not great, DK. I mean, with interceptions, they're one of the best in the NFL. If not um, the for, best. No, definitely no. And, and in general, they weren't themselves in, in large part because TJ didn't have a chance to be himself for the better part of the season. In fairness here, um, he's not the type to complain in one direction or the other. And he went out there and played games that he absolutely should not have played. Yeah. Uh, and and he, he took it on the chin where, when it came to stats and so forth to do that. But when I look at that defense, to me, you know, the offense I feel like is going to be a continuation. Yeah. Okay. Like you're just going to see, there's going to be a progression. Okay. Like you said, you know, you had a guy who was, you know, a couple guys that were second year guys, a couple guys that were rookie, the picket Pickens duo. Yeah. Uh, the offensive line was not only young, but new to each other. And you're going to have, they're all going to progress somewhat naturally. The, the other side of the ball I don't know. You know, I, I mean, you're going to have to, you have to make actual changes over there. You do. And, and you got to be able to build more depth too. Like as mm-hmm. much as I want to say, go OL in the first round. I also want to say, go corner. I also want to say, go middle linebacker. Oh, middle <laughs> linebacker. Yeah. You, but you, the problem is with middle linebacker though, is you, you're probably better off going and getting that guy or the corner in free agency. It's just the price of that free agent corner, though, DK. They got money. They got all right, all let's, let's roll. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? You, you are in a position where you have a rookie quarterback, so this is where you make these moves at. Here's, here's what I think. And, again, talking to a former NFL Players Association union rep, who gets paid on the offensive line? Who gets paid? Left gets tackle. Paid? Left tackle. Okay. Yeah. What do you want to see? Left you tackle. Want- yeah. Okay. So if you bring in a left tackle and that left tackle is someone who can either displace Dan Moore or slide him to the inside or make mm. him a multiple whatever or or get beaten out by Dan Moore. Yeah. Okay. Just throwing yeah. that into the mix too. Now you'll have a left tackle and a quarterback yeah. on your offense who aren't getting paid. That's so true. Okay. Now there goes your whole cap. Now you just go 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 shopping in the go in in the in the inside linebacker aisle and say, "Oh, here's a Miles Jack," and throw that in the cart, and then say, "All right, well, here's somebody to replace Devin Bush. We'll do that yeah. too, and and move along. You know, get yourself. Yeah. There's corners. They found corners this year. I mean, they weren't great, but they went and they got Levi Wallace, who had a nice pick in this game, and you know, see, you see what I'm saying here. I just. Yeah. You but, don't but force this, a pick, but man, left tackle. That's 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 true. But it's also um, this though too. This this group, this young group, has got to be a whole lot better coming back. They did a lot of good things in the second half of the season. Again, Kenny Pickett, no turnovers. Again, okay, George Pickens. I think next year commands. Hey, I'm numero uno around here. 
the running back tandem offensively that you have with Najee and Jalen. And there was some creativity there this uh, this year on the second half part of the season. That's also a big question for us too, DK. What, who's going to be calling the place? Was there enough done to retain jobs or is it better for everybody else to move forward? It, it's so much potential though, DK. <laughs> There he goes. Look at him. There he goes. You know, <laughs> I, I have just no no time or patience or whatever. He's been around no, long don't. enough. We've we've seen enough of lack of imagination. We've seen enough people inside football say this guy has no clue. He's in over his head. Even Way the commentators say it on TV. Openly. There's not openly. even like a whispered behind the scenes, nothing, you know, Saturday-ish and all that other stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, I just think that this team – Moan had a chance to have a successful reset year. There's There was never any way around it being a reset year when you knew you were going to change quarterbacks midstream and when you knew your offensive line was starting yeah. from scratch. Okay? It was going to be a reset year regardless. To leave that reset year by winning six out of seven, by finishing nine and eight, four in a row, uh, and then to see, like you said, the offense, especially finding yeah. that identity, man, you can carry that into an offseason. You just can. You can, man. And this is the one of the best parts, too. We got to figure out what's going on uh, with Pat Frymouth, uh in his knee situation uh, or lower body. But in general, okay, when you oh, look it was at his team, knee. It, it was, was his knee. knee. It's it, Yeah, it was his left knee, and it didn't look very good. Yeah, uh, but I'll say this. For the most part, the majority of this team, for the guys who expect to come back and play roles again next year, unless, except for maybe a small procedure, everybody walked off the field. Everybody's relatively he- healthy going into the offseason. Everybody is walking, and that means getting back to work quicker. No offseason delays. No, hey, where is he at in camp? There's no TJ Watt. No, TJ Watch. None of those things going into the offseason this year. I just like that they were able to walk out of the locker room with their heads held high, which they yeah. did. I've been literally, I don't mean that in the figurative sense. I mean, they actually literally did this. Yeah. Um, they had not smiles. People will hear that and get all goofy about it. You know, they didn't go, yay, we didn't make the no. playoffs. They're not idiots. Okay. But they controlled what they could control over the last seven weeks, and they went and they got the job done. That part of the job, the only part they could control, they did. So with that being said, safety net for Co- safety net for Coach Tomlin, fine. You're okay. We're good oh, to go. I, I mean, discussion, yeah. Yeah, we'll play that role another time, DK. But yeah, yeah I, we have, I, I, we have I saw a list <laughs> of his, his, his wins, and I was just like, okay, that's steady. And again, it is, what is, but the other thing that's steady, in fairness to to the to the people who criticize him as me, yeah. as you and I do, uh, as well, is the the list is really consistent of you know no playoff wins. That's true, and, and we we got to have that conversation too, DK. Of okay, when is the next step, and how long does does that step actually take with this new era of of Pittsburgh Steelers football? When we come back, the only segment that matters. That's a moment. Back to the Ramon Foster Show and the only segment that matters. 
That's brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where quality is at the core of every menu item. Three expert chefs ensure that every sub, burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for craveability. Order your favorite entry at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. George comes through with a really good one. You ready, Moan? Yes, please. Well, well, hang on a second. Hang on, George. Because <laughs> I had a bunch of people say, wait a second, we didn't miss, we didn't wish Moan a happy birthday on the last episode on Friday. And it was just like, we'd actually talked about it beforehand and it just yeah. didn't come up on the course of the show here. So happy birthday, Moan. Thank Belated. you, man. Did it go well? Did it go well? It did. It went really well, man. My wife really, she did it well. She did it good this weekend, man. I appreciate that, though. All right. Thank so, you. Thank you. George, he's got multiple exclamation points. So I got to back way Uh-oh, up please. here. George, George says, hey, Moan. I just got up from my recliner after watching the Cleveland game, and I'm going to get a little philosophical on you. Can it be said that this game was both meaningful and meaningless at the same time? In other words, can it be said that even though the team missed the playoffs, is there not a sense of satisfaction deep, deep down in the soul of Coach T and his team that they have a winning record? Does that mean something? I know DK thinks it's meaningless, but does it set things up for next year or is it irrelevant to next season? This, George, really good question, by the way. Um, This question, it has a whole lot of depth to it man is it meaningful yes in the sense that this team is above uh, 500 you're not in the last place in the AFC South but meaningless meaning one you had to rely on a whole bunch of help which means your your season didn't go as you needed it to go which means you're probably not one of the better teams in the NFL also going into the playoffs so to be happy about you know, being above 500 not lasting AFC North and also not going into the playoffs (laughs) yeah I think you can say that we can. The coaches never will simply because they're paid to win. This is the business of of, of winning. We heard Coach T say this all the time. I don't know how strong this team could have been going on the road because being the seventh seed, you don't host a home playoff game. You're not in a position where you get home field advantage, nowhere near any part of the playoffs. So to say that it was meaningless, that's, that's hard even me as a former player, but I can kind of sit back and say, you know what? I'd have gone home and probably had a, a, a conversation with my wife and my brothers and been like, you know what? It's good that we end it right now. It's one of those teasers, you know, it's, this leaves you more hungry for next year. If you're right-minded and coach T craft this team, the way it's supposed to be moving forward. Yeah. That's the, the whole nine and eight and playing for the head coach and whatever else here. Um, I, I'll, I'll read to you a Najee Harris quote from after this game in reference to Tomlin avoiding having a losing season. Yeah. He says, that was just for Mike T, man. When we started at two and six, he said, I'm not going to change the way I'm coaching. I'm not going to blink. I'm going to be the same guy. He never changed. He never switched up. That's just leadership. And for us to come in here and win for him and not have that losing season, I think that was big for us. Now, you hear that? Yeah. Did you see my eyes rolling at all through the whole thing? Let me just say this. This was not the only thing that Najee said after this game that I rolled my eyes at. You know how he really feels about stuff. Okay? Yeah. I I always know the difference between when you guys are saying something on cameras and and whatever else and whenever it's like, really? 
give me a break. Yeah, like, yeah. I actually know how you feel about this. Absolutely nobody in that room talked about at any point, unless a reporter asked the Tomlin winning slash losing season thing. But yeah. a player, a player walks, like I said a little bit ago, a little, the head a little higher, you know? Yeah. You it's, know? It, it's just, it yeah. is a sense of pride, DK. Um, and, and the players, you know, would say they they done it for Mike Tomlin's record or it was a part of their legacy, but nobody wants that to be the case. You know, like I still carry with my uh, leaving leaves leaving college. My you know head coach at, at the University of Tennessee was fired my senior year. I don't take a liking to that much at all, DK. There's there's a lot of different ways in which you grab onto things to satisfy that need in sports. And you saying those players walking out of that locker room with their heads high, I think that's probably the ultimate accomplishments this this team could have had this year. Is it cheesy? Yeah, but is it sports in general? Hell yeah, because you just look for something in the offseason. This should stick with them. Again, George, as you said, very meaningful, but there was a lot of stuff that had to go right to really make this a very meaningful type of weekend, and I don't think we had a whole lot of that going into it. I just I, I keep coming back to this was going to be a reset year regardless. Reset. And, and you went through it 9-8, and eight, winning six of your last seven on – Partially, I should say, on the strength of an offense, a young offense, yeah. and a young quarterback, and a rookie quarterback. Yep. You kept getting better. You kept yeah. getting better. Uh, I, I almost, there's a part of me that almost wants to say it went optimally. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, we can't we can't be that that excited about it. But um, game-winning drives running backs doing their thing, finding their tango that they're going to have. We'll get our answers this offseason, DK. This is this is full of every storyline you could have ever imagined. Again, we'll see what happens on Black Monday. Uh, if there's good news for you. Is this uh, – yeah, we'll see about that, right? That'll make, that'll make for a really entertaining Ramon Foster show. I know that. <laughs> yeah. I know that uh, this is the part of the program where people think this is it. They're done for the year. They're just not going to come back till football. (laughs) Yeah, right. We're here Monday through Friday. Ramon's not going anywhere. Ramon is the immovable object at left guard. You know what? I've heard that a time or two in my career. I'm here for it. Ask Gino Atkins. Man, you can ask almost anybody. They may got some movement, but it wasn't much at all. Let's do it again tomorrow. Absolutely. (laughs)